Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge, freezing my balls off Boudreaux. <laughs> with my lovely co-host, Shelly, freezing my... <laughs> Leap. <laughs> <laughs> No, I tell you, Serge, I've got I've got space heaters going. I've got um, you know, the heat is cranked up. Do you know I heard on the news today that our electricity provider, uh, we we hit a record overnight for power consumption. Like everybody's got every heater in their house on. So oh my god, we're in the polar vortex. Yeah, for those listening, not where we're at, we are at minus 35 Celsius. Just for you to know, that's the same as minus 35 Fahrenheit, um, which I'm assuming is, well, I know is pretty damn cold. So I it is it. cold, but it's hot in here. We've got a <laughs> lot of, it, we, we've got a <laughs> lot of interesting recruitment. It's just me and you today. It's been a while since yeah. we've been just a show. Yeah, it's time to chat. It's yeah, time to I, chat, Shelly and well, Serge style. I think so. So let's, um, I'm going to let you lead the topic okay. today. But before you, you do, okay. well, right. thank you. I'm just not saying, it should be you anyways, because you're way smarter in that sense. Uh, uh, not. Smarter, better looking. Oh, um, you're so everything. sweet. <laughs> I, don't worry, thank I have you, a Serge. favor to ask after the show, so I'm just Oh, I see. Okay. Um, no, before we go into different topics, uh, yeah. I want to talk about one of the topics is, so 2020, uh, shit show of a year for so many different reasons. Recruitment did pick up pretty dramatically in some areas, but I think we'll talk about like where the skill shortage is. Yeah. But what have you seen? So 2021 has been one of the busiest uh, times in recruitment that I've ever had. I am in the tech space, so it might just be the industry. But what are you seeing? You're dealing with tons of different companies. And I am. Uh, are you seeing that trend in the market? Or is 2021 going to be a banner year for recruitment? I, you know, I, I can go on record saying that I think 2021 is going to be a banner year for recruitment. I, I really can because it's um, the activity I'm seeing. So because there's, there's a couple of industries that I don't touch, and those are the ones that were hit the hardest. That is the um, airline industry, hospitality, restaurants, you know, personal services industries like, you know, hairstylists and what have you. Uh, but in terms of top talent, no, no, there's lots going on um, and lots of hiring and lots of positive things happening. So, um, yeah, so that is going to be one of the things I want to talk to you about is the talent shortage question mark. Anyways, we'll get to that later on in the show. Um, But I wanted to start with, you know, how in January and in February, all of these companies release their, you know, survey says, uh, what are the trends? um, You know, what are the different studies? And some of them are a little self-serving and some of them are, you know, interesting because I always think like, no matter what way you spin this, Like, are you just trying for shock value, right? So I reviewed um, a few studies and I'm just kind of weird that way. Like I love data and I love looking at these studies and seeing, okay, well, is anything really different this year? So one of the studies that came out and I thought of you immediately, Serge, this was the Mercer study of Canadian HR trends. And something you said back in April 
um, when it is so they were talking about this was the topic of technology. So I wanted to give you an affirmation uh, because this survey confirmed that Canadian companies are consistently below our global competitors for the adoption of technology. Your reaction search. Oh, absolutely. This is not surprising. This is just confirming. I don't think it's a surprise to you as well, Shelley. And, and like, and we, if we look across different in, in different industries, it might be different. But if we look at the HR space, the recruitment space, we're definitely behind. And part of it is, is it just based on smaller population here in Canada compared to the U.S.? More dollars, more investment, more driving. I think there's some factors of that definitely included. The volume is way lower. So there is less propensity to leverage new HR technology. Some yeah. of it is uh, just the type of leaders we have in place, uh, the type of generation. I I hate to harp oh, on careful. the boomers all the time. <laughs> oh, careful. Yeah. Uh, careful, careful, careful. Like, what do you think is the number one thing driving that? Is it just the scope of who we are? Because there's examples in other countries that are similar or slightly larger populations that are adopting technology and the HR space way faster than Canadians. Why are we lagging? Do you know, I, I wish I had the answer for that because I would say throughout my career, which you know is significantly long um, in the HR recruitment space, I've always 200 years. <laughs> 200? 200. Yeah. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always been like even um, tech startups. When when was if you we and you and I are going to spend some time researching and bringing on the show some some great HR tech firms. And I I've heard year over year over year that those great tech firms, until they land a client in another country aka the US, that is their tipping point. And then yeah. all of a sudden, there's this rush from Canadian companies to say, oh, well, we don't want to miss the boat. So I think it's always the fear of being first. And other countries are just a little better to let's just get out there and try it, right? Like, let's try it, see how it works. If it works great for us, then Canadian companies will get on board. And then it's usually a big rush. It's a landslide for everybody to get on board with the technology. So, yeah, if we look at the technology in our space, sorry, the most prominent technology we have in this space is the ATS. Everyone hates their ATS. Part of it is because people don't understand their ATS as well and have not fully utilized it before they start looking at other things. But the one thing, and Tim Sackett said this in his book, and I think even when he was on the podcast, is uh, especially as leaders, but even practitioners, you should be doing as many demos as you possibly can with the time constraints yeah. you have to see what the different technologies is out there and what's possible. You might not leverage that technology, but you might learn something that your system that you already have can actually do. You just haven't been using. And after seeing it in play, you're like, wow, this is pretty damn cool. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting, but like, who knows? Like we're there's so many different factors as far as adopting technology in, in Canada and the HR tech. But um, what else was in the survey? Okay, so here's the next one. Uh, okay, again, Serge, you called it. I think you said. I remember. Maybe even if we dial back to episode one or two, you said okay. HR is going to figure out what bullshit it was that we couldn't work remote. And so yeah. this study, and this is. Just, just released this week, the Mercer study of Canadian HR trends. They said 
there was a jolt to HR's thinking on how uh, flexible work is just now a reality. Like all, they're just like 83% say we're going to work flexibly now. How they manage virtual workers is like top of mind for HR practitioners, uh, which is something you said years ago. Like the gift of, um, of being in lockdown and being in COVID was the fact that it was kind of calling bullshit. You know, HR kept saying, no, we can't work remote. There's, there's too many implications. Well, you know. Um, yeah. Well, in reality, it forced says. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it forced a lot of situations that they had to do it. Yeah. And, and it put in context, okay, speed sometimes eliminates a lot of bullshit along the way as far as different process, different yeah. documents, yeah. different internal as far as what you need to have to be able to work from home. Realize it's pretty much all bullshit. It's just a way to kind of control where your people are working. And it still goes to the point, I love this because I think we're going to a different model of instead of pay for hours, it's, it's more... Um, it's based on results. It's based on, uh, it's not based on eight hours. It's based mm-hmm. on how much you can deliver in a set amount of time, which is a challenge in a lot of industries to measure. But I'm just saying this new remote uh, and just, just new mentality as far as how things can work, it's taking work that way. Don't you think? Like, yeah. Um, do you think that mentality is kind of going away as far as like oh, just, clearly, this study said, like, this is just Canadians, right? And yeah. that is clearly what they said, is like, it will be, um, it will be the legacy of, the, of COVID. Yeah. It's just how we're, we just need to um, just relax a bit. We don't have to see everybody in the office to know if they're working or not. But it does mean you need to be clear on your objectives. Yes. Like, As what a normal idea. Exactly. You actually need to be better managing than you ever had. You have to be actively pursuing. But you know what I'm finding tough right now, and I don't know if you're getting the same, the demands of remote workers is actually way more than it was being in the office. I don't like just talk to friends and even like personal experience. Are you seeing the same that um, people are actually working a ton more than they did in the past. And the expectations are way higher. Part of it is there was a bunch of layoffs during COVID. Not everyone came back. So one person doing the job or two or three Mm -hmm. and it's worked out fine, but they're blowing their brains out doing this work. Like, are you seeing that? Yeah. Do you know what, uh, Serge, I, I would say, um, how many people I have asked, when are you taking vacation? I have been able to reach them every day of the week, nonstop for the last year. I'm like, have you taken any vacation this year? And the answer, no. And I'm like, why not? I mean, myself included, right? So my big, well, why not? Well, where am I going to go? Right? I did take some time off Christmas and New Year's, but I didn't leave the house. So yay, that's at least you stepped away from the demands of day to day. But, um, but you're right, people are I find, especially early on, people were working way more, way more. And, and it, was, um, it was the pressure of, you know, the uncertainty and, and that sort of thing. Um, now, I, I think people are starting to get into a groove. I actually think it's the opposite. I think it's actually gone worse. I think really? it's more to flip side. Initially, there was more let's all care about our mental health and all this stuff in reality. But 
still work like 60, 70 hours a week. Like, and that, so there's mixed messages on that. And so actually, while we're talking about that, I, I want to talk about something that's happened in the news okay. uh, here in Canada. So, it, and it's prevalent in the US as well. So Bell Let's Talk uh, is very popular here in social media in Canada based on just talking about mental health. But a company that took 120 million in subsidies, pandemic subsidies, and is recording, and I don't know these, but it's in the billions of dollars of profit. A week after doing the Bell Let's Talk ending all that goodwill, let's talk, end up laying off a great portion, like a pretty significant portion of their media part of their business, which is to me, it's just like, where, what the fuck are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Like, first wow. of all, they're expecting people to forget. They're doing it now. So next year, during next Bell Let's Talk, it's all like water under the bridge. But this is where corporations really piss me off in a sense. I, I don't know if, if you've heard or read that, but it's been pretty uh, popular news, especially in the sports media side of it, because a lot of people that got laid off were in sports media. They shut down whole radio stations and everything. And we can all agree that maybe the medium is still not the thing and maybe it's going to die. But just the mixed messaging and the ability to be so profitable, can't you move those people in other parts of your massive corporation instead of just be like, screw you, we don't need you anymore? Like, what's your thoughts around that? Uh, my thoughts? That is, you know, it. I'm not surprised, not surprised at all, because I know you and I have both worked in very large corporations where um, departments don't speak to one another. Do they really have... Do they really have anyone leading talent in an organization? Because what you just said, it, it just seems such common sense. Rather than um, lay off hundreds of people, can they not be um, re-engineered to work somewhere else? Can they not, can they not still contribute? Nope. We're going to let them all go. Yeah. And believe me, I'm a big fan of capitalism. And uh, so I'm not saying that, but there's also a line in between. Um, it, first of all, what really pisses me off is how much they're putting on the Bell Let's Talk. Everyone's behind that. They're getting so much free publicity. And yeah. the week after, they just fire a bunch of people. And the worst thing is they shut down the radio station in Vancouver, uh, the TSW. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what they did? The song, so they sent out the message. The song that cuts right after is Good Riddance by Green Day. Like, <laughs> how the fuck oh do you God. make that up? Like, Good Riddance like, is the song. Oh, my so God. But, oh, my God. Uh, one of the things that you wanted to talk about, actually, I want to talk about this, and let's go in talent shortage. Okay. Uh, Mercer, their EVP, and they changed it to something else. TVP. Uh, yeah. That? So... Do you know what? So I, I, I saved your, um, your eyes from bleeding because it was the longest study. And I, I'm, you know, you know me, I'm weird that way. I read the whole thing. And throughout really? this entire document of, you know, releasing the trends and Canadian HR trends, they introduced like a new acronym almost every other page. Okay. And, and I mean, I've got because I started my career recruiting in IT, in tech, right? Yeah. And 
I found it absolutely fascinating. I thought it only existed in the tech space. And then I moved into recruiting engineers and I found the same thing. And so it's almost like I immediately feel like it's some sort of imposter syndrome. You know, like if we speak in acronyms and you don't know what I mean, then, well, you're just not as smart as me. I I, I think it's, I just get my hair on fire when I see companies or organizations doing it. Like EVP has been an acronym. Most anybody in HR knows what EVP is. And now they're going to call it TVP. So no explanation. Let me guess. What is talent value proposition? Talent value proposition. Yes. Oh, okay. So are we confused yet? It's honest, honest to God. It's more confusing than blockchain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was fucking confusing. Um, it is. Like, does anybody really know what it is? It's and it's so 1980s. I think it was maybe even. I think it was the mid 70s where HR came up with this employment value proposition. Yeah, and yeah. in the 90s, they're still using it, and still nobody knows what the fuck it means. Now well, we're going to call it TVP. Yeah, talent value is. A lot of companies are going God towards uh, naming their employees' talent to me. I, I really don't care in that sense. But don't come up with a new acronym, acronym oh. to, to, to meet the TVP. So is there a difference? Is it the same? Is no, it, they, they didn't it's... explain it. They just okay. So throughout just, this whole document, they introduce all these new acronyms. I started to count them, how many new acronyms that they were defining. And then I had to go back and go, well, what did that one mean? What did this one mean? Like, is this, I think it's, I think it's a sign of having a a small dick. (laughs) Oh, is that it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you know what, uh, (laughs) it's not BDE. Uh, and by the way, you can look what that means. Uh, you'll you'll get it. So, all right. I've, I don't have a fucking clue what it means, but okay. so, <laughs> I don't know either. Talent oh my God. Or is okay. It? Or what is it? Mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think there? Um, so I've, I've got, I've got a really strong opinion on talent shortage and okay. I've talked to enough companies and leaders, whether they're small entrepreneur, 50 employees, or I'm still blown away. Anyone talks to you outside of this show. So <laughs> congratulations. Well, I talk to people all the time, Serge. Okay, and, okay. and I will tell you when I, as soon as I hear companies or usually CEOs or leaders that are complaining that there's a talent shortage and ask them two questions. Like, so what's your pay range? Like, what is it you're looking for and what do you pay? And you've problem solved. The fact is, I don't think there's ever been a talent shortage. I think there has always been CEOs who want to protect their profits. And I, I've had this conversation more times than I can even count. Um, you know, that there, we don't have enough, enough tech talent. Well, we do. There is lots of talent. And, and so I... I referenced a study that said um, clearly how many, how many graduates in IT or STEM technologies um, came out in the U.S. So this is U.S. data. Do you know okay. 2.5 million graduates? Okay. 2.5. Still, 1.3 million of those graduates 
didn't find work. So this is your raw supply of talent. So if you yes. say there's a talent shortage, like how can that be? How can that be? Well, our, Companies our don't want to invest that. in training. No, I, I do not want to spend the time to train somebody. Um, I want somebody with three years experience. Like, yes. Really? But let's put it in perspective. I, okay. I've never said or never think there is a talent shortage. I think there is a skill mismatch um, across the industry. There's a ton of people with not the right skills for the jobs that are needed now. I totally get what I totally get what you mean as far as um, it, it's a, the challenge is a lot of them is you're completely right. They don't want to train these people. Everyone wants like in you're saying the tech world. So in STEM, let's, let's use software developers. No one wants to hire people with no experience in that space. Everyone wants a senior. So these people are coming out of school. They're too junior. No one wants to invest in training. And part of it is just how the industry flows, how quickly the projects they get. Like I'm not making excuses for them, but there is challenges in that and to get to that level. So I think it's a mixture. I I think it's more a skill shortage than a talent shortage. Uh, We still have too many people with skill sets that are not going to be used in the future. And we're not helping in upgrading those skills now because they'll need it in three, four years. And part of it too is people stop being freaking lazy. You, It's your responsibility you, to increase Serge. your own skills as well. Yes. So I think there's dual accountability. So yeah. absolutely. I think if uh, when you, so it's, it's a catch 22 when you are working, but as certainly for those that are entering the workforce, because the other party here that is just too lazy are recruiters. Recruiters pushing back on their hiring manager. Nope. They need to push back on their hiring managers when they say, oh, this person needs to have three years experience. Seriously? What? Like how long would it take somebody to get up to speed? Like really, are are you saying three years experience just simply means that you can sit them at the desk, you never have to talk to them and you don't have to give them any direction? Well, that doesn't matter. You could have six years experience and still be completely unproductive. Oh yeah. You're still going to need to onboard them. And so I think recruiters are lazy because the hiring manager says, nope, I need this. And the recruiter, nobody's, if they've got a leader that's got their back or sometimes they are the only, the only person there in recruitment or whatever, they don't have a team. Um, they need to push back and say like you, why why would we not take a look at somebody who's got a new grad took a couple of these um crash courses yeah well we're lazy uh and i mean when we're lazy i mean not only the recruiter i mean the hiring manager in a sense because i think it's more like recruiters want to do the right thing for the candidates or the people I, and I think after being shut down so many times, the easy way is to say, okay, three years experience. But we all know years of experience doesn't mean anything uh, when it comes to a lot of these industries. Like if you think about, like there's different levels of, there's the complexity is at a high level, but there's there's two sides. And you start your career on on one side of complexity and the goal throughout your career is gain skills. So you get everything on the other side of complexity that you're over the hill and you've mastered complexity and you can do pretty much any job. And that's the challenge. No one's willing to invest in people to get on that other side of complexity. 
So, yeah, I, I wanted to disagree with you this show, uh, but uh, <laughs> hey, how about uh, before we go, let's talk yes. about one thing that is a little bit near and dear to my heart because I've worked with them for years in my world in the job board industry. TMP changes their name to Radency. I know. What is that? Um, it rhymes with agency. Yes. Who said that? Actually, it was Chet and Cheese. Yeah, it was. It was like, okay. I get it. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Um, They do not want to be seen as an agency. They want to be seen as a tech company that uh, sells their talent brew, which, like, please, if you're listening and you think talent brew is great, please, I'd love to get a demo because my experience is four or five years back and it was just shit back then. Um, so if you're based and obviously they acquired a programmatic company and, but to chat and cheese's point, if you're going to change your name to not be an agency, you change it to something that sounds exactly like agency. Like who is the fucking marketing genius that came up with that? <laughs> I don't like, know, man. Did, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm also, I'd love to put out a, um, a call out there as well because I'd love to demo Talent Brew. I saw it ten years ago, and it made no sense. It made no sense to me uh, why I would want to use it. I felt so sorry for the rep because the rep was wonderful and was absolutely Is a value I know? add. Um, no, I think it was before my time. No, you would know them. Yes, it is somebody you would know because that's when I was at NMAX and the TMP um, uh, reps were really, really good about bringing data and insights and, you know, but, you know, I just, I was honestly like struggled to figure out how on earth and why would I want to use Talent Brew? Yeah. I didn't. If I'm a company like them and uh, obviously valuation and on tech companies is way higher. So I don't know if that's the strategy, but before we, a couple other things. So I want to double down on a couple of things I said in our prediction show. Okay. I definitely think ZipRecruiter is getting acquired this year and I'm going to make a new prediction. Okay. I think talent.com is going to be acquired this year. I don't think ZipRecruiter is going to go to IPO. And I think talent.com is going to get acquired and they're not going to be both from recruit the owner of Indeed and Glassdoor. They're, one of them is going to be, but someone else is acquiring talent.com. I have no inside info except that I'm very smart. So let's just see if that happens. <laughs> any, any and I just validated two of your, I just validated no. two of the earlier things that you'd said, you right? Like there is something the to be confidence. said. Well, there's something the to be said for being in the industry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we're in the industry. We're paying attention. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, one last thing, though. Could I ask you? Because um, Silk Road Tech, yeah. they released one of their surveys that said um, 52% of people that started their job during the pandemic felt they didn't get enough training. And 56% of them said they still have unanswered questions about their role. Comment. Is that different than normal times? <laughs> Thank I you, know. Serge. That's exactly what I thought. Like, since 
most companies bungle onboarding anyways, <laughs> pandemic or not. I don't know if, no, I'm, it's a serious question. I, I yeah. don't know what the stats are. Uh, I, what I what do they normally, I know. Like, I know. Actually, this looks pretty damn good to me. I'm like, really? Only 52% said that? That seems like pretty good numbers. Uh, so, uh, okay. yeah, no, I saw that then. 80% of executives believe the orchestration of onboarding, performance management, and learning are critical components to be successful introduction of or transition of individuals to new roles. No shit, Sherlock. Like, yeah. Right, right. You need to do the basic things right. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. But that's, you know, I remember seeing those sorts of numbers even 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago, of where executives say that this is a top priority. And then, like, there's such a disconnect because the if you take a look at the employee world, they're like, man, just tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> Show me where the tools are. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I and agree. then they hey, don't give them the tools. What about no new predictions for you? You're good. You're, you're, you're still. Uh... No, I think it's going to be a really good year. A really good year. I think um, where people are, are, they just want to get normal back. Positive Shelly. I know. I know. Yeah. I always ask. All right. We have some it's interesting episodes coming yes. up. So mm-hmm. Last week, we did our first like HR tech, uh, which was really yep. interested. I hope people got valued and we've got a ton coming up. We've got some interesting shows. We have the Chad and Cheese crossover coming and I can't wait to school Chad did not know that the weekend was Canadian. Like, he said, oh no, he did not know after a discussion of all the Canadian artists. I'm like, we're friggin' talented here in Canada. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we got that crossover show coming. So, Shelly, forward keep to warm. It. Yes, thank you, Serge. Have a great, have a good one. You too. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.